back, you are back on. Bad boy Thames in the building. Spiritual ginger. Welcome to Diaspora's most controversial, the most raw, unfiltered, uncut podcast. Hosted by Seattle-based comedian General Mutombo. Love from Washington State, USA. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Uncut by General Mutombo, comedian General Mutombo based here in Seattle, Washington. How have you been? Happy Easter. East, West, South, North, we love you. We appreciate you taking your time to dive in with us. And I'm going straight to bring my sister, my friend, my social worker, the lady who keeps me in check if I don't think properly. Her name is Miss Melissa <laughs> Maroni. Welcome to the show again, Miss Melissa Maroni. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you again, ladies and gentlemen. If you're catching up with us, we've been talking about IPV, intimate partner violence. And this is part two. How was your week, Melissa? It's been a stressful week, but this will be a nice ending to it. So I'm really excited to be here. How about you? Uh, I'm excited as well. I feel like uh, for every week that you're really struggling with, every week that you feel that you're going through a lot, that is the most, it ends up being the most productive week that you've had in weeks. Mm-hmm. It definitely so did that. Well, my week was great. It ended well. It didn't start well, but it ended really fantastic that's great and sometimes even though it seems like it's never ending it could just be a moment in time yes all right thank you so much man how's uh how's the weather where you are is it sunny today did it rain (laughs) um well it's been a little chilly but not as bad as it typically is this time of the year oh okay okay but at least uh, we are we are not uh we're not being snowed in so that kind of like a lot of trouble yes so let's dive in real quickly. Sure. Years ago, I think this has been reported like periodically. There's a lot of older people. This we're talking about the golden age, the elderly. And I wanted to know this elderly who are always victimized and targeted like online dating sites or money laundering places. Does this online dating or online a fraudulent activity that targets elderly people, elderly couples, elderly single women. We've seen them flying to Africa, to Jamaica. Does this count as part of IPV? It definitely can, um, because most often, and it actually happens to men too, actually quite a bit. Um, okay. There's similar 
dynamics such as like kind of like the honeymoon phase where they build you up and they you know you think oh my god I'm so lucky to be with this person or I have a granddaughter or grandson somewhere that needs money often we hear that with elderly people too and they play at your emotional heartstrings and then they manipulate you and financially abuse you as often and sometimes even psychologically or emotionally as well I would be mad if somebody told my mom or somebody told my grandmother to to send money or try to prey on them. Is there any law that protects the elderly mm. from these type of people? You know what? I don't know. There's definitely they're not strong if they do have it and you know even Dr. Phil has this show on quite a bit on his show where um a lot of people get um scammed to be honest and some people just send their whole life savings hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars and they do things that they won't otherwise do um and these are everyday folks like us right and money doesn't go in trees for us unfortunately and you know some people end up doing criminal things and they actually get in trouble for it and often that money that people give for a variety of reasons um okay. doesn't come back to them and they're often left with the consequences um with humiliation and shame doubt sometimes being ostracized or sorry is that the word i want to say being you know shunned from their own family because sometimes they just can't help them and then there's you know family issues that happen there um and you know some i've seen a lot of people too unfortunately especially with elderly people in particular they they work so hard and they're the best generation and you know now they don't have a place to stay or they don't have their life savings that they were going to save for their retirement years. So it definitely can have huge devastating effects and you know where we're at um we have a long-term disability plan it's called H for assured income for severely handicapped. I personally don't like that title, uh, but it is what it is and you know in helping number of clients in a previous job they've actually been very susceptible as well to um where you know you're more vulnerable, right? So if you're dealing with a disability or a mental illness or if you're elderly, actually immigrant people in particular also struggle with that where they get these weird calls you probably get them too where you get like you have to call right now or there's going to be a warrant for your arrest if you don't give money right um and so when you're here and if you're especially fleeing another country wanting to be in a certain place um you take that seriously and so people do some weird things when their emotions are being played with yeah so i do feel that yeah. well, i read somewhere i read somewhere that uh that it's it's a it's one of the constant struggles that a victim of uh, victims of IPV go through uh making them recount the the experience the family violence incident or the IPV in their domestic environment how like as a counselor as a policeman as somebody who wants to help the person who's in the situation what is the best ethical way or most subtle comfortable way to talk to a victim that will not trigger further trauma what that would not sorry uh, that will not trigger further trauma like no. making them count like how do you have, like a, a more gentler way of approaching how do people how how are supposed to approach ipv victims i wish more people would know that we don't know what people go through yeah. and i think you know if we just treat everyone with dignity and respect and the golden rule of you know do unto others as you would have to do unto them you know you just around to you pardon me got that all tongue tied um long day so you know we treat others the way we want to be treated and um 
we don't know what happens behind people's closed doors. We might have an idea, right? right. And um, I think, you know, in our field in particular, um, social workers are famous for self-reflection, um, sometimes actually to a fault. I spend a lot of time with my colleagues trying not to get them to go down this bad rabbit hole. And you, we, we have to be very aware of our biases. We all have them, right? And so I think if we, you know, leave judgment at the door and see a fellow human being and understand that they deserve dignity and respect and ask them what they feel they need because no one has the right to tell you what you need. Nobody has a right to, to dictate your feelings. Absolutely. I want you to ask something about IPV. Mm -hmm. I note uh, uh, back in Africa, when I lived in Africa, I realized there was a strong correlation between IPV, domestic violence, and being in uh, in a very unstable neighborhood, a, a neighborhood that's surrounded by a lot of crime and violence, the geography, and the social isolation of, of different demographics of people in Africa, but I I don't uh, I don't want to I don't want to isolate the incidences of people also who are not affected by socioeconomic factors who still are violent and practice domestic violence in their homes. So is there any research specifically, any type of literature out there that says there's a strong correlation to lower income families, that there's more IPVs in those? I think some of it's actually racist research, to be perfectly honest with you. And um, a lot of times heterosexual um, racist studies are done and I don't tolerate that personally and to be honest you would there might be different violence such as community violence and in my work with john howard society as a board member they do fantastic work in the community i am like we understand that that normalizes it and has more problems down the road so we're trying to be preventative so there's that part right but violence comes even in the richest homes, right? And um, behind closed doors and people just really don't know what happens behind closed doors. So I don't want to say that because you're from a disadvantaged environment where let's say gang infested and you know violence is potentially more um, observed, it doesn't mean that behind closed doors with a white picket fence that it doesn't occur as well too. Now, there's a lot of groups right now that are coming out mm -hmm. a lot of accusations you've seen from a uh, big political uh like big massive people in our political spectrum who have been caught who have been accused what do you want to tell the victims who right now maybe currently are going through it what's the importance of actually reporting early because I do know also reporting late time does not affect how people can still be held accountable. But is there any advantage of actually reporting the cases earlier when we could get more help? Or is that at the victim's discretion? I really, I use the word survivor. And I think the most important thing is to know while there sometimes are potentially false accusations made, it's really slim of that. And it, for those that do report and something that maybe actually happened, um, definitely has happened. Let's say it's they found guilty. Um, for that one person that said that, there's I don't even know how many who haven't. And it takes a lot of courage and strength to come up and do that. And often the survivor gets re-victimized in the process. So a lot of times um, survivors may, um, and actually I do a lot of work with this in my clinic as well, where they might need to come and get to a certain part on a psychological level in order to be able to deal with it. 
because maybe they did try it various times and it further victimized them. Often, you know, I do a lot of work with police officers and the RCMP and they do good work, you know, for the most part. And just like any profession, we all have bad apples as well, right? And, um, you know, how people are handled that um, in that moment and how they're treated really impacts that. So your question with how do we talk to someone is with dignity and respect. And, you know, I would talk to someone the same way I would want to be spoken to. Thank you so much. There's a myth. And I think we spoke this on the first episode. A lot of abusers out there, male or women, and uh, they blame alcohol and drug use as a major cause of domestic violence. Do you believe that it's the alcohol that will play the catalyst? Or do you just believe these people are violently nature and alcohol and drugs were just a means to get oh. oh, it's one of my pet peeves, to be honest. And um, if you ever hear anyone say something like, I don't care if they have alcohol, bad childhood, if they don't like the color red or blue, or yeah. they were upset, it was windy, it doesn't justify abuse. <laughs> and, and while, you know... <laughs> You know, let's say if I were to shoot someone and kill them because I had a bad day, it doesn't take away the crime I did. It does not. Right. So even if someone is, let's say, in a full-blown psychosis and they did something, which is actually abnormal, it's only 10% of the population. So I definitely want to put that myth, um, bust that as well. Right. So we all have these things. And um, if we believe that or we just excuse it, it doesn't take away from the damage that's done. It doesn't. And I don't believe that men just walk around like before, because they're drinking alcohol and start punching random people in the clavicle, right? Yeah. And you know, and women actually have a very high um, alcohol intake, to be honest. And I've actually seen that more. And actually elderly women, there's a lot of research done with that too, right? So um, it might potentially make someone lower their defenses and maybe stop that, but that doesn't excuse it right so whether let's say i have a couple glasses of wine and then i become so violent towards you it doesn't matter if i was drinking wine or not right it, you're like melissa you're being abusive towards me okay i i i have always wondered as well in uh, in the same in the same loo right there mm-hmm. why do we have a lot of battered uh, uh women Especially women, uh, because they're they're the ones who have, have the highest percentage of of the abused. Why do women stay? Is there any legitimate reason why a lot of women stay in their violent relationships? There is. I mean, violence is such a huge term as well. Too, a lot of it is it's hard to leave, right? Control. Or I believe this person is really good. Or I remember that one time they did something that I felt was positive. And there's a lot of individual risk factors, whether female or male or a variety of genders. There's 200 different genders, by the way. Um, so individual risk factors typically are if you have lower self-esteem, sometimes they do also um, write um, low income because it's the financial gain that you can't move out. Um, also, unfortunately, if someone has a lower academic kind of achievement or so maybe have different developmental disabilities um, they might be more vulnerable Um, a young age can also do that but I've also seen elderly people middle age people as well Um, if there's aggressive or delinquent behavior as a youth um, if you know they are let's say using different substances or alcohol they might be more susceptible to stay in a relationship because that's the way of coping but then maybe they use all their resources and can't get out 
Yes. Um, a lack of nonviolent social problem solving skills, a lot of、um, antisocial personality traits and conduct、um, problems. Those are typical what we see more in juvenile and the prison systems as well. Um, personality disorders, in particular, borderline personality disorder,、um, unemployment. So there's a lot of different things.、Um, even religion and culture, like very strict gender roles, like male dominance and aggression relationships. And I have to listen to someone, right?、Um, and there's different cultures that have hostility towards women, for example. Or there's other attitudes that accept and justify IPV. And you know. Unplanned pregnancies is also another risk. Why sometimes people stay and、um, being a victim previously or a survivor kind of normalizes it. I've, I've seen a lot of people, even in my personal life, but especially in my、um, private practice, where th- they'll tell me, "Well, at least they're not hitting me." But meanwhile, they're doing psychological terrorism. Psychological terrorism, man, that that's big. I do know a lot of adults with borderline personality, so I do I do really really resonate with that point. Continue. Yeah, absolutely. And so there's like as we mentioned, there are a number of things that potentially could make someone stay in there. And you know, and sometimes it's just like their beautiful enabling hearts, where you know they didn't mean that, or they had a bad day, or I'm going to fix them.、Um, and so a lot of times people will say they're.、Um, I'm an empath, right? But it's more a codependency.、Mm. For children, you mentioned children, and these children are in these spaces where IPV is going on. What can an IPV victim do to to shield, to insulate the mind and the the, the gentle, the the and the very fragile mental states of a of a kid in this violent environment? Like someone, like. Someone's own child, or maybe an outsider.、Uh, like, let's do the. Let's do as a as a parent, as somebody who's primarily there. Then we'll do.、Yeah. Uh, we'll discuss about the neighbors and the friends and somebody. Absolutely,、else. it's actually it sounds easy, but it's hard. Get out. Get out. Yeah, and、okay. whether it's psychological, social.、Um, sexual, psychological, spiritual.、Uh, this is un. Acceptable、no、behavior, right?、Yeah. And so people are learning. So if let's say, you know, I'm in an abusive relationship and my kids are watching me,、um, they're also being abused. And that's the only thing. Get out. What about the neighbors? The neighbors who are watching, or neighbors, because we all know. I I did my research and, and I realized we all know one person who's in an unhealthy relationship, a、mm-hmm. toxic, domestic relationship. What can we do? I mean, it's hard because some cultures, you know, have a thing.、Um, I'm not going to get involved because it makes things worse. And sometimes people have seen that, unfortunately. And here in Canada, we all actually, as adults, have an ethical duty. And I actually have a double one as a professional social worker. That at any time, if that does come up, I have to deal with it. And if not, my license can be pulled. And because we have to protect vulnerable people, right? So anyone in a helping profession—nurse, doctor, social worker, teacher, principal—you know, someone who. Has more direct kind of care and has to protect the vulnerable people. We we have that ethical duty to do so. Thank you so much for bringing that up.、Uh, I need、uh, to also、uh, shed light on, on on a different demographic of people. This was、okay. Im- immigrants.、Mm-hmm. These are、uh, expatriates who fly out of their countries for different reasons to look for a better life, and.、Uh, A lot of this.、Um, one of the ways、um, you can earn your citizenship in another country、uh, um, 
is through our intimate partner, long-term intimate, uh, a sincere intimate marriage union, right? Mm -hmm. So people come into countries, they form a relationship, they start dating, they start, they get into this marriage, they get into this unions, they have children, they buy property. But down the line, I have, I have, I, I have known cases, I've seen friends that uh, when this relationships, you know, sometimes that fire kind of like fades out in a relationship. So you have to stick it in. You have to remember why you came together, right? Mm-hmm. So they come together or you fall apart. Adversity is coming in any marriage, correct? Absolutely. So there are these relationships that uh, whenever this they get to this hard bottom situation, that's when the partners now try to use, to use that one edge that they have, like I control you mm-hmm. I without me you're going back to 12 years ago where you came from or 13 right. or 20 and it becomes this needle that they keep sticking up your mm-hmm. sticking up your kidneys every day it's a weapon that, yeah as a weapon and they control it and they know that the system works in their favor mm-hmm. what is some of the advice you can give somebody who's in, some, in this situation and this is like any country like mm-hmm. London U.S. and Germany, what can you tell them? Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I actually deal with this fairly regularly in my practice too, where, you know, I've had um, clients from different countries um, in Europe and different countries in Africa as well. And um, actually one just recently from Dubai and Saudi Arabia. And uh, a good therapist will understand the cultural implications as well and intergenerational trauma and all those things that we look for. And, um, you know, they utilize immigration as a way to to manipulate and control you because a lot of times, especially if someone comes, let's say, with a refugee status, for, there's a variety of different categories here in Canada and I believe in the States as well too. And so they they have so many things they have to do. And, you know, even people who come on an immigrant um, visa or status, um, if they get into trouble, they might have to leave. And so a lot of times people don't want to leave when they move somewhere, right? I don't want to go when I go somewhere, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, I've had clients before tell me some of the most horrific things and think it's normal and then fear that, you know, if they tell me they're going to get taken away. And of course, it's a safe, confidential place. And, you know, I ask them to speak to a lawyer because often laws, even like, um, our laws compared to the U.S. laws or even the U.K., they're quite different in some aspects. I'm not as familiar with them. I'm not a legal social worker or anything like that. And so I always advise to seek legal counsel or to talk to an immigration center. Um, there's a f- amazing um, community workers in most countries that I know of that do this good hard work on the ground. And they can offer a lot of resources as well. Ladies and gentlemen, you've got it right now. You've got it right now. We are debunking the IPV myths. We are talking about how we can help people get out of toxic spaces. And we ourselves, if we are stuck in such spaces, we can actually exit, find a way to leap out and seek help. About one in four women and nearly one in 10 men have experienced contact, sexual violence, physical violence, just mundane stuff like being stalked. Well, it's not even mundane. It's really scary. Being mm-hmm. stalked by an intimate partner online. Mm-hmm. Do people know that harassing somebody who has already told you they don't want to talk to you online can count as IPV? 
Right, it definitely can. So the main thing with IPV is that I have a relationship with you, right? And um, it could be, you know, someone at work. It could be maybe, you know, professionals that are helping you. That can even happen to unknowingly as well. And um, there could be... Um, I don't know, my in-laws, for example, not my in-laws in particular. Um, but, you know, it does happen a lot. And I hear a lot of children in particular, more like the teen or adult are kind of like the young adult kind of age. Um, people taking care of their family or especially if there's a caregiver burnout, you know. So there's a lot of different ways in which our relationships can be unhealthy. I uh, am glad that you're honest and you're 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 really breaking this down for us because uh, the last in the last podcast we did, I got a lot of really good feedback, and a lot of people told me they got an, a tremendous amount of wealth of like comfort mm-hmm. from what we. And the journey you're taking is it's 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 Lord's work. I gotta I gotta give it to you, Miss Veroni. It's Lord's work. If somebody wanted to do or get into. Uh, your line of work and where you're helping people what what would be some of the challenges you go through as an IPV uh, expert I don't know if I want the expert title but definitely can understand Um, you you see some crazy things and you know um, in particular I tend to deal with quite severe cases and there's times that I've been followed by clients exes or had to check underneath my vehicle for tracking devices and um, had to have escape routes with clients as well and you know even dealt with threats as well right and um, that's violence as well so if they're treating me like that what are they doing to the person I'm serving okay I I wanted I wanted my fans, uh, my friends, the people who are listening to me, mm-hmm. to send in questions. Miss Melissa, a very open book type of lady, type of professional, sex therapist, uh, counselor, social worker. Send questions. Send your uh, send any inquiries that you have, because I don't I'm, I don't know each and every one of you. What situation? What kind of shoe you're wearing? But if you break it down, maybe. Miss Veronica can personally write something and Absolutely. help you when you can correct, right? Absolutely. I would love to help guide people. I wanted uh, people to follow you online. So if somebody was to follow you online, where would they follow you, Mr. Melissa? Absolutely. Well, you, um, my website is um, gphcs.ca, and that's for Grand Prairie Holistic Counseling Services. Um, CA is for Canada. Uh, I am right now, I use my Miss Canada World Universal 2020-2021 Facebook page, which has my name, Melissa Ferroni. I use that for a lot of educational resources about this topic in particular. And ways to help self-esteem as well. Yeah. Yeah. Ladies, you've heard from the lady herself. Don't be out there by yourself. Reach out to a sister. Reach out to a professional. Therapy is important. Mm -hmm. How is it important to somebody who has gone through IPV or counseling? Some people have never been counseling. Some people, what? It just kind of cut out on my end. Sorry. Uh, Some people have never gone to counseling or therapy after being in an IPV position. Right. They're going to IPV. Right. It definitely can help people. I mean, the majority of people 
would benefit from it. Um, and sometimes they might need psychiatric help because it actually, when you deal with abuse, even on a short-term basis, it really rewires your brain. And so sometimes mm -hmm. some people might need a psychiatric evaluation, maybe sometimes medication if that's something they choose to do, just to help kind of restable, rewire things. And then, you know, and that's to help them to do the hard work of therapy and counseling where you relearn what's healthy and you build your self-esteem up and you rebuild your life and it definitely is possible I have seen you know I I actually think I'm blessed I I get to see the most beautiful and the ugliest side of humanity in my role and it's something that fuels me when I can see you know a client that has served and even sometimes that they want to be nice and tell me years down the road, like, hey, I actually got my first job or my first house and I never thought I could leave that person or, you know, and everyone's story is so unique. And I've seen yeah. it so many times that people can do it. Or even if there's hiccups, they're not as bad as before or they're not as intense or as long and they recognize it as opposed to waiting 10, 20 years. And they're like, I think that was abuse, but they're like, they come back like, I just realized something happened last week and it was abuse. And that's a huge therapeutic gain, right? So people can recover. Recovery looks different for everyone, right? And it's come, working alongside a really good, strong therapist who you feel comfortable with. Because if you don't like your therapist, you're not, let's just face it, no matter how skilled they are, it's just not going to work as well as it can, right? Yeah. Correct. And if you're out there and you're listening and you're going through it, don't be a lone wolf. You are not alone. A lot of people have gone through it, have seen it, and they have found ways to be strong regardless. I've met some of the strongest women out in this street, my mother included. People have gone through it and they have come out as queens. Get together, band yourself, find two, three friends, start a little association. Yeah, make it fancy a little bit so that it doesn't make you feel bad when you call them. Call it the Bonnet Association Helpline or the Ladies in the Dark Helpline. Find a way to communicate with ladies, what your friends and somebody who you trust, what you're going Absolutely. And while we may not all wear crowns, such as myself in a pageant, you know, even if you're going through this, you still have yours. Correct. Right. You become, you deserve happiness just like everybody else. And if if you don't have everything else in life, at least you don't deserve to be here. Absolutely. No one deserves to feel um, neglected or abused whatsoever. And if you're in those places, please exit. Don't enable your perpetrator. You're just feeding into their ego and they're just going to magnify the fear that they're instilling in your soul. Right. And while we don't want to enable things, they are responsible for their own actions, thoughts, feelings and behaviors. And you're not. And a lot of times people get stuck with that. They're like, oh, it's because I didn't put my my plate at the 30 degree angle, which that person wanted. That's why I deserve to be belittled, standing there naked and being hit in front of my children. Yeah. Nobody deserves divorce. Please. Nobody deserves abuse. If you have any questions, please write to us. I uh, appreciate you again, Miss Veronia. I really do, really, really appreciate you coming through for, for this. It's like your third interview with us and, and you're bringing a wealth of knowledge every time. You're blessing so many people. And I've heard my people from Nigeria are in their buildings. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to say hi to my friends over in Nigeria. And I hope everything's going well over there. And, you know, and hearing how 
just the one conversation we had last time made a difference is really inspiring and not everyone's brave enough to say that so I really hope that you know the great work that you do all the time and shedding light on a lot of leaders in the community is making a powerful impact and I want to thank you for that Anna, you're welcome I'm just gonna I'm trying to find the, the the easiest topics that off the menu easy to order off the menu things that uh, that we can start like filling up landmines when we have not little portholes, right? Let's start with the little yeah. Well, we don't pick have... the easy ones. We talked about sex and violence. So. <laughs> <laughs> I call them I call them that way because we speak more about football, soccer, mm-hmm. basketball easier than we can speak about something that's actually going on. Absolutely. Like somebody in your house, you're spending like two, three hours with them discussing LeBron James. Yet this person is going through something at the house, but she's not telling. Yeah. And it's actually a coping strategy for some. Sometimes it's an avoidance technique as well. And sometimes it's, I just don't understand how to do it. Right. And counseling can help with that too, can help strengthen one's communication. Counseling, exercise, your diet, mm-hmm. what you watch, the books you read. I think what helped me back in the day when I was in a toxic environment was I, I tried to rediscover things that I used to like. Mm. I find new hobbies that distract me from paying attention too much to to the person who's perpetrating the negativity to my life. Mm-hmm. It's 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 very important to find find yourself, find a way to love yourself. A lot of people in those positions they really they lose it. They they call uh, what do they call it here in the streets? They call it they throw away everything. They stop like taking care of themselves. Mm-hmm. They don't feel beautiful anymore. They don't feel like they belong. They toss their dreams away. They're like, okay, I just feel like this is my destiny. I feel like people should come out, should remember what their purpose was, what their old dreams used to be, what they really wanted out of life and chase it again. Right. And while, you know, and I totally agree with you. And, you know, someone who's in that situation might be like, well, he just said I'm not good enough. Right. And I should be able to do that. So should, woulds and coulds are expectational talk. And uh, sometimes people might um, interpret it in a different way. And, you know, why we want to empower people to do and be who they truly are and embrace all the beauty and wonderfulness of everyone. Um, you know, it takes time for some people and um, that's OK. And go that's at your okay. pace. Right. And there's no um if there's an immediate risk of harm to yourself or others, that's a 911 call. Uh, that is leave with yourself. And if you have children, take them with you or have someone else come. Right. And, you know, on average, um, there's more research done with women in particular, where it takes on average a minimum seven times before they leave someone in an abusive mm-hmm. relationship. So that's a long time. Right. And, you know, in that time, every single day, people are fighting to hang on to any thread that they can. Mm, yeah, that's 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 golden right there. And also, apart from that, there are people who hold on to the only reality they are used to. Mm-hmm. If they grew up in such turbulent, unstable environment, they believe that that's all that there is to life. And there's more. Like I, you, like we spoke last part, uh, the last episode. A lot of people who take abuse and who struggle with leaving abusive spaces have experienced it some point of their lives earlier as kids and stuff. So please go out there, go out there, try to talk to somebody. Don't be in toxic spaces by yourself. 
Thank you again, Miss Veroni. I hope you have a lovely Easter. Do you have any any last parting words for our audience? What are you working on next month, week, next year? <laughs> oh, I don't know. There's so many things, and then your mind goes blank. I, um, if you want to follow me on the pageant, yeah, please do. Um, for the Miss Canada World Universal, I'm um, 2021. I'm, I have stiff competition, and they're all amazing women, and we're all about leadership. So definitely want to embrace everyone. And um, you know, I'm hoping that I can expand this. And I don't know. I kind of putting you on the spot. I wouldn't mind being a regular and helping and answering questions if it will help um, people. You already have the visa to the studio, so you're good. <laughs> All right, fair enough. And you know, if if you're listening and if you're in um, a spot right now that you don't know if it's healthy or not, it is okay to reach out. There are services where you can hide your tracks on the website because a lot of times people will check those things and there are numbers you can call. It is more than okay to exist and I want everyone listening, and hopefully you can send it to someone if you think they need to hear this message too. It is more than okay, and I hope that you feel heard, seen, accepted, respected, and safe. You heard it, ladies and gentlemen. If you're out there, you've heard it from the queen herself. You deserve the happiness that everybody else has. Yes, you are worth it. You're worth it. And with that, we're going to sign off. Uh, peace and love to all of you for tuning in. Thank you again. Please subscribe, share the podcast uh, with your friends who you, you think they might really need this message. We appreciate you. Until next time, Miss Melissa, say bye to the people. Bye, everyone. Please stay safe and and hold that love in your heart for yourself. Always, always, ladies and gentlemen. And that has been an uncut episode. Peace. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to the show. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to General Matambo Uncut Podcasts. Now available on all platforms. Au revoir. Bad boy Tim's in the building. Spiritual ginger. Yeah. Drotan bit soldier, Barajay bit koda 
Garaton Bitty Loda Oh yeah, shout out Sam Bomba NDDC, MD Maladaku Now we are done, you're my cock Oh, she shall look bow, I see Oh yeah, like you walk all along So go share it to lagoon How? Oh, so logo Oh, G.O. Bokma I'm a tosun logo I'm a toji logo Oh, so logo Oh, G.O. Bokma And it was so logo And it was G.O. Bokma The weekend, yeah. Duro Tom be the soldier, Baraje be the coda, Garaton be the loader. Oh yeah, shout out Sam Bomba. The cash is plenty, we spend it raw. She likes the wood, Christian the audio. Two four seven, one more we ball, we ball. She never see him before, before. Loading, 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 oh loading, din din loading, oh loading, din din loading, 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 loading. I can't feel my face no more I can't feel my legs no more What's your